Hey universe! Look at that. 19 hours, 10 minutes, and 19 seconds of recording time. I could literally record until I'd be fired from work. But not wanting to be fired from work. At least not today. Wait, did I talk about my lucid dream that Ryan at work isn't going to fire me? I even went to Ryan and told him it would be okay. That was kind of what the dream was about. Um, anyhow, let's not talk about work because I'm off today. Instead, we're going to review part two. But before we do that, Universe, you know what we just learned? Well, we learned that I cannot sing Lenny Kravitz's What the Fuck Are We Saying? falsetto uh, and admittedly full of computer animated reverberation of uh, lyrical over samplings. But boy, did I miss that. Ugh. It still, however, contains one of my all-time favorite lyrics, which is, We've got to chill before we take on some tribulation. Oh, God. That, that, if I, do I have to credit Lenny Kravitz if I put that on my headstone? I probably do, right? Is that the kind of thing people do, like a yearbook quote? Put something on their headstone that, like, somebody else said? As Aldous Huxley put it best, space is large. Um, I don't know if Aldous Huxley, Huxley said that, so please don't. Is Aldous Huxley... Was he the guy that wrote Roots? Because that will be more embarrassing if I'm... Oh, well, whatever. Been smoking a little, you can tell. And since I got to 4844 on that first one... Wait, is... Oh, I've got my microphone plugged in. I'll bet this is terrible. That'll be a good test. I guess I'll find out when I listen to this which one's better. And of course, because I'm always trying to do the best thing for the listener I can, I'll be going with whichever one sounds the best. Hopefully it's this one. Otherwise, I'll feel bad. Not that bad, but bad. All right, so episode two. What the fuck are we saying? Kitty. Oh, Kitty. I guess I have to assume this is your new spot, huh? Okay, that's fine. Oh, did I put that? Oh, that's pencil. Nice. I always love when I think I put a pen on my down comforter that is not in a duvet cover. And so thus, it's just leaking ink all over my duvet cover. But no, it was a pencil. Yeah. Mechanical pencil, so it really looked like a pen. Um, what am I trying to find? Oh, my notes. They're somewhere. I just had them. Oh. Where'd I put them? Okay, well. So, y'all know the joke? Oh, here they are. Never mind. You don't get the joke. Page two. Ah, this one was called The Problem in Almost Every Situation Was Me. It was episode two. It was 24 minutes and 59 seconds long. I will give it grades in these four categories, which I have not done yet, so I will do that now. Insecurity. Actually, I'd give that one, meaning an A would mean that I was full of insecurity, and an F would mean none whatsoever. Let's just make that the scale. I'd give myself a B- minus here. I'm clearly more confident than I am in the first one, but I'm still very hesitant, uh, mechanical, uh, lacking uh, animation of... of Spirit or voice, um, which would be a deeper take on what mechanical means. So, yeah, we'll go with a B minus there. Grandiosity, probably where the the uh, entire episode is filled with ideas of, of grandiosity, then that would be an A. And I never touch on it because all we talk about is how to make three foot putts in golf. Um, I'm probably something in the range of a B minus, B plus here. So let's call it a B. 
this one says, what's that say? Lo oh, loss of thought. Okay, so lost track of my thought, lost train of thought. I don't think I do that very much in this one at all. I don't really remember, so clearly I lost my train of thought here. So how about we just settle on a C plus, so I pass the class. And dynamic? No, D. There is no D in dynamic unless that's the grade you've earned for being dynamic, a D. All right, so the problem in that situation is clearly me because I'm the only one in here, so if it's not dynamic, that's my fault. I immediately opened by saying that, yeah, I had trouble opening because I had many false starts to try and make myself listenable. That's very true. <laughs> I will never play some of the early tapes, you're welcome, Brisa, uh, of myself uh, in, in raw form. Or the early, early raw cuts of me and Lily. Or, oh my God, the early videos of me and Lily. Oh, you want to talk about unlistenable. So, yeah, and, and do I think I've been listenable for, an, for a year across 140 hours of material? Fuck no. Fuck no. But I think I've been listenable at times across every episode. That was about the highest measure I could expect to achieve. So I'm very happy with that. I'm okay with it. And in fact, um, you know what I didn't have to resort to? Stupid gimmicks, like the top 10 uh, misquotes of the week. Although I did have those review episodes early, I had to do those because I still hadn't found anything confident or structurally uh, consistent in my voice. Plus, I was telling some stories that were uh, uh, emotional uh, exposure. Not northern exposure, we know that's tepid, but... Emotional exposure can run all over the place. So, reviewing myself initially was important. Well, And we'll get to one of those here in another eight days, so we'll see how that all goes. But, do I think I'm listenable? Yeah, I think I'm listenable. Do I think you should listen to me? No. So there, that's the line I draw. Uh, conversational utterances, cliches, misspeaks... Apologies for all of the ways that when I listen back, I say, oh, that's not correct. I don't do that anymore, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, I am who I am. I do want to be clear with what I present and, and convey as ideas and uh, considerations for you to further uh, uh, contemplate on your end. But I will... I would rather be full of conversational utterances. Or I call them conversational utterances. Words like so, um, wait, and then, so, but, whatever you're doing to gather your thoughts. There's a lot of that when I speak. I will never eradicate it, so I have to embrace it. Now, I don't have to make it prolific, but I do have to understand that that's how I go about presenting myself in a way that I don't have to apologize for. The cliches that I use and misuse and <laughs> fuck up, whatever, misspeaking. I believe I've misspoken on the last episode three times that I heard, including calling things months that are days or days that are weeks. Or I get that kind of stuff messed up all the time. I say top 10 lists when I mean top 15 or I mean, I just quantities are hard to ramble off without fucking them up. If you have them written down, then you'll just read what's written down. But I have nothing written down, so I'm just... <laughs> you know, that's funny. When I just did that with my tongue, I almost made myself fart. I'm glad I didn't, because then I'd have to excuse myself at the pause button and go do something. But I don't have to. 
Instead, I will say my mind goes scattered. Want any more proof than the last sentence? No, you don't. And I'm unvarnished and real. You want any more proof than the sentence before the last sentence? No, you don't. No edits or pre-planning go into this. The only edit is pause. And I use that mostly not to cough in your face or fart in your face. Obviously, I almost failed a few seconds ago, but I didn't. But I don't, I don't get on this with any kind of, here's how it's all going to go. Take two, take three, take 23, take 32, take 233. There's never anything like that. I mean, if you were to mimic that joke again in the future, that would be like that. But otherwise, no, there's nothing like that. 53. Okay. Did I pick 53 because that's my age? No, I picked 53 because I wanted a prime number. And I originally picked 29 because of the cribbage connection, and it should be 29. 29 is the right number. But believe it or not, I'm too verbose for 29. I had to go to 53 to make my points. So my seasons are one extra week. They're 53 weeks long. And I crushed them into roughly a two to three month window of completion, depending on how motivated I am and how much I'm doing other things like laundry. But um, I, uh, I like the number 53. It's going to stay. It's perfect for reasons that I didn't know when it got... Uh, the reason it became 53 is because I still had shit to say after I got to the 29th episode. And then I didn't... Well, I liked some of the prime numbers in between, especially 40... Well, I don't know. The 40s? <sighs> Let's just say 53 was settled on because what it symbolically represented for me was a full full deck of cards plus the Joker. And I feel like my life has been a poker game where somebody slipped the Joker in. So, for that reason, I'm stuck on 53. Now, I will turn 54 roughly five months from now, five and a half months from now. Um, roughly. More like six. But when I do... That won't change anything, except that I will no longer be the coolest fucking prime number in the deck. Nope, I'll be 54, so now I'll be playing with both Jokers, so what, I'll be playing poker with six-year-olds? Fine, that'll be. Okay. And I'm a white, middle-class American pampered soul with the paths wide open, and I've always known it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I say it better in the episode that I actually said it, so I'll leave it there. Our values disappear if we ignore them. I agree with that more now than I did probably a year ago. You cannot assume that we've won any cultural battles. Those battles are real, they're here to stay, and they must be, they must be caressed as victorious at all times, stoked and cultivated for their victory, or they will go away. I didn't know that. I know it now. So my values have to be firm and available to be in play at all times. I now step in where my values feel crossed. I know that's annoying. And I hate old people who do shit like this. But I'm not going to tell you that when your privacy is being overwhelmed by invasion through corporate malfeasance, well, you should be pissed off. You should be upset and you should be demanding better. And that's just a non sequitur relevant irrelevant comment of when you could be pissed off because that's not even an example that i would use but since i used it i guess i'm lying that is an example i would use 
Uh, but don't don't let bad metaphors or bad examples or the Fonzarelli himself take away the values that you feel are critical to maintaining your life with purpose and meaning. Those values aren't here to stay unless you make them important enough that they're here to stay. I am here to now understand that and live forward in a way that my values will always ring out. Oh, I'm so worried about the presentation I'm offering in that last, or in that second recording. The, the last two minutes of this were terrible. I know it. You know it. So what am I going to do about it? I don't know, but I would have either tightened up or taken the narrative even more off the rails or who knows what in that second episode. I can just hear how, how narrow I am able to exist before I'm going to lose it entirely. So carefully am I treading that I'm not myself. So the presentation that I'm offering, I'm just so worried about offering something that will alienate you. Now, well, if talking about pre-cum in the toilet at work doesn't alienate you, then what will? Um... I'm a sicko about what I'll do to try to... <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny that it came after that comment. All right, pause. I got to take a bong hit. I recognize humor. Okay, let's see if I can bang this one out before I go all bongy. I I don't need to... Um, I don't need to people please anymore. And I, I think the further away I got from living as my true self, the more I felt I needed to please other people to have some sort of reflexive um, veneer of existence that they could agree was okay in this universe because I was so not okay being in this universe? Or, more simply put, I now am myself all the time, and that real emanation of confidence and self-love has people radioactive around me. Meaning, they just... Bring me energy, heat, and responsive uh, giant uh, uh, insect creatures. Because that's what radioaction does, right? I watch movies from the 50s. No. The, the response I get from the universe right now is, is getting me the best friends I've had in a long time, the best coworkers I've had in a long time, the best relationships I've had in a long time, the best family interaction I've had in a long time, the best sense of purpose I've had in a long time, destiny I've had in a long time. I mean, which... Family feud category, do you want to organize? And it's all better than it's been in a long time. So if I'm in any way a sicko about trying to people-please anymore, no, I'm people-pleasing by being myself. It is creating an entire community of people around me that I'm not just pleased with, but are pleased with me. I love it. It's great. Uh, and the reason I would do those things before were out of cowardice and fear of letting people down. Well, I'd already let myself down so much that I was willing to become whatever somebody else wanted. So, of course, I couldn't let that down. But those are old psycho Johns. I'll get into it more, but this is no place to get into it because they're longer stories than just off the cuffs. But here, I'll even circle that one so I make sure to come back to it. Hold on. Harsh. Now I'm going to take that bong hit. All right, the next one's worth interrupting the uh, the uh, Burns-O-Matic uh, flow of heat because it is a co corollary to the first, 
it's fear of not being worthy and fear of, or I mean, in the fulfillment of self-loathing. And uh, I use a Jaws of Death analogy here, as if you're choosing between uh, whether or not to chew your own leg off or become dinner. Hang on. Since I know I call myself out for this in the next episode, I'm not calling myself out for it here. But, hang on. I'm going to take a sip. The thing I'll say is, I don't think fear of being unworthy and filled with self-loathing and the fulfillment of those of that second part are the same. And I think I kind of imply that they are. Fear of not being worthy comes to you from, I think, all kinds of cosmic coincidence. It's not just the messaging that's here. I think the messaging that's here leverages it and makes it worse. But it isn't the source. Whereas I think self-loathing, that source is here. That's the difference. But there's, I think, I think this, this part I cover pretty well. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling stuff out almost verbatim. So I, and I'm just saying things that I thought had early significance. Like, my moral fiber does not exist as, uh, as an atheist. Oh, my moral fiber doesn't not exist as an atheist. I know, double negatives are always good. Um, but I never, I never consider myself a, a, a being without morality. No. If anything, I consider myself a being who didn't want to listen to his morality. But morality is inherent. That comes from multiple lives, multiple timelines, across all of it, across the entire known universe. You can't escape moral fiber. It is built into the system. So... Using that then to trigger us to think, well, that's God. Well, that's bullshit. That part's bullshit. But knowing it's there, yeah, of course you know it's there. I don't care if you believe in God or not. Just like we know what's fair and unfair as soon as we hit the ground. Yep. You fall out of a vagina onto some ground, and what do you know? That was unfair. Should have landed on a bed. What's fair and unfair is immediate. It's known. And what I don't know is, do you fall out of a vagina? Man, never having had a kid, I don't even really know. I assume so. But there might be some other bodily parts down there for the ladies that are making it all work. So, not knowing that, can I skip this category entirely now that I went there? Probably. But if you can tell me what's fair and what's unfair at the age of two and a half, three years old, then you don't learn that and get conditioned by society to know that. You already knew it. Just like you already know that you have moral fiber. You come with it. Uh... And then in comes choices. And we're sold choice as if there are options upon which future outcomes will then reflectively echo into your success, failure, scale meter, whatever you deserve based on the actions you've taken, into your next choices, your next choices, and these dominoes keep falling either uphill or downhill, depending on whether you're a piece of shit or a glorious son of the uh, Anunnaki. Okay, well, no, that's not true at all. In fact, what you are is the constant ebb and flow of energy that you've created, as, as well as the energy you're receiving and producing in concert with those around you, and how much of that you're, you're aligning with, and how much of that you're, you're forcing yourself to swim against. And, and to think that, that any of that is, is, um, is indicative of of 
your what your pre your pre-birth destiny it's not i mean you choose your life plan so how much destiny is there none really i mean there there's choice there's there there's choice in the moment but you're you're going to you're going to come to certain inevitabilities in your life that you planned but your road to get there can be either dirty or or pristine how you get there is up to choice. Um, you surprise yourself all the time with the choices you make. That's a end point I put below this one. Yeah, you do. You definitely do. And yet the more you listen to who you are on the inside, the less you actually do that. So I don't know that that's an experience that a lot of people have as much as I have. But I do surprise myself even to this day with some of the choices I make. And when you do, I like to sort of back engineer that and figure out if I was surprised because I predicted wrongly or surprised because in the moment I made a 10% instead of the 90% choice I usually make. It's worth looking at. That's all I'm saying. Sorry about the sniffle. Oh, really sorry about the phone tap. That just happened to be where my hand was. All right. Uh, We're all playing roles in everyone else's uh, movies that they're all starring in. This part's a little goofy, but I do like the analogy that you wake up every day, the main character in a novel, the feature actor in the film, the starring role on the Broadway play, whatever you want to call this stage of life, you star in every moment of your version of it. You have cameos across the board from family members to uh, schoolmates to, to workmates to whomever. But you're the only one who's there 100% of the time. And we're all doing that simultaneously for ourselves and doing it for each other. So the more I can make my life glorious, the better the chance when I run into you that I bump a little glory into yours. I still like that analogy, so that's why I wrote it back down. All right, we're at 22 minutes. I'm going to try to scoot through the rest of this because I don't mean for this one to take so long. I really wanted to take mushrooms tonight. So let's hurry up. Let's hurry up. Like I could do that. Okay. Did I fail miserably? I am... I am something which is ignoble. Oh. I am that which is ignoble. Okay. Did I fail miserably? Am I that which is ignoble? No. No, none of the above. But have I been ignoble? Have I made fails? Yeah! So climb out! Be noble! What else are you going to do? Okay. Uh, uh, it's wrong that you can just whistle your way down the middle of the road, past life, and act like nobody will be affected by whatever it is that you do. I reinforce that, so I say it. It's also wrong that you can do life's journey as though, oh, it was wrong for me that I could do life's journey through fulfillment in the American life, quote-unquote, version of today's American life. That was wrong. So it might be wrong for you. I'm a happy motherfucking American, but my life looks nothing like what an American life looks like. So, sometimes maybe you just should do things differently. Maybe that's your path. Like, wishing I was gay. (laughs) I I seriously uh, had a moment in my senior year of college where I was so askew with my uh, relationships with women that I thought, well, I must be gay. So, I tried to uh, get this dude uh, who I knew had a crush on me uh, to, well, I didn't try. I took this guy back to my room, right? And uh, I kissed him once, which was 
very abrasive, rough, and uncomfortable. Not pleasurable in the least. And then I tried to give him a blowjob, and I barfed all over him. I was pretty drunk at the time. I was really drunk at the time. But I'm not gay. I'm not even remotely gay. And, uh, and that's not because I barfed all over some dude when I was trying to go down on him. It's because I'm built that way. I'm totally comfortable if you are gay. I hope you, you are comfortable with whatever it is that fi- you find love pursuing in this world. I really do. Um, but you are who you are. And if you try to force yourself to be something else, well, maybe you'll end up barfing on some guy. I hope not. But if that's not teaching yourself a lesson in life, then I really don't know what is. Like, that I'll always be using the word so way too much. So what? Get on with it. At my most deviant, I'm the worst person you can be around. That's true. And I think some of you probably know it. (laughs) So don't think I don't know what I can do when I want to be a fucking fuckstick. I've done it. I will never do it again. Because that isn't a worthwhile existence. That is a shit stain on the soul of the universe. And I've been enough of that. I'm already cleaning up the mess I made the first time around, so... No more, no more, no more. How stupidly I've... Wait. How stupidly I get the world... Oh, how stupidly I let the world trip me up. Yeah. Uh, Can we just say capitalism? Money? One-upsmanship? Fuck it all. Uh, Redefine the game on your own terms... I don't deserve to be this happy, but you do. Okay, let's uh, let's get all this out. Redefine the game on your own terms. I, I everything about being a successful American doesn't jive with me. I don't want it. So, what I want to do is help people and uh, enjoy uh, uh, snappy synaptic interactions with uh, fellow uh, snappy synaptic interactioners. That's about it. Sorry that my life is so limited, but that makes me extremely happy and gives me an extremely sense of using extremely. Now, can we be extreme? We can with the next thought, because the next thought is, you deserve to be happy, but I don't. This is a little bit pathetic, but true. I've always thought that everyone in the world deserves to be ecstatically happy. Everyone deserves success at the highest level, fulfillment at the highest level. There should be no sorrow, no pain, no disappointment. And yet, my life was filled with that shit. And I always thought I deserved it. And I had to get rid of that clutter to learn to love myself. And if that's clutter you've got to get rid of, I'm going to have some episodes about how I got through the dark stuff. But there's no reason to do that until I've got a point of doing it. But I know what darkness is. I know the dark necessities that RHCP speaks of. I've been there. And I do deserve to be just as happy as you do. And you know how happy that is? The happiest we can possibly think of being. All of us deserve it. I now know that. I now understand that. And I now fight for that. And redefining the game in those terms has made me a much happier person. You can't knock me off this perch of content-centered balance. 
I'm here to stay. And up here, you'd be amazed how many moments of pure happiness just fly my way. Hello, pterodactyls. Good to see you again. Um, moments of lucidity that feel bigger than myself. Well, yeah. I have them all the time. I gave myself away voluntarily and with willful disregard for the humanity of others. Yeah, as I've explained. Enabled to be great, handled that poorly. Yep. I will get more into that. Because now I think handled that poorly is true, but enabled to be great is still in play. The universe gave me a second chance. I'm not going to miss out on this round in life. Even though, for the most part, I was a selfish SOB most of my life. Well, all of those are right. All of those are me. I'm not defined by simple Ds for dynamic grades. This may be a D in dynamic, but you know what the next one is? Probably an A+. I'm, I'm me doing my thing in a way that makes me feel fulfilled. I'm not asking for reinforcement. I'm not asking for congratulations. I'm not asking for any cooperation. I'm just asking for the universe to recognize that I mean it no harm. I bring it nothing but kindness, understanding, and forgiveness. And I'm here to make sure that I leave a mark where things are better when I go than when I got here. If I accomplish all that, my life will have had the kind of purpose that will send me into the void in the perfect state of understanding who I am. And I didn't really say that very well in episode two, but I know that's what I wanted to say in episode two. So for anybody listening to this, if you've gone all the way back to the beginning, well, <laughs> I appreciate you the most. I, I can't believe you did it. I can't believe you would go back that far and still find something to listen to. But I did, so I wouldn't put it past you. But for the rest of you, this summary is good enough. Much like Cliff's Notes, once you've already read the Cliff's Notes, are you seriously going to read the book? <laughs> no. Even if it's 1984? Okay, maybe that one, because here it is on my bedside table. <laughs>